everybody welcome back to another episode of the balanced blues brothers podcast today it's going to be two travis's and ola to here to break down another dire performance from chelsea against crystal palace so this match against palace it looked really good on paper with the clean you know with the the lineup the team sheet we saw coming into it many of us myself included thought we were kind of going to go for a four triple two which tuchel kind of calls this formation a four one four one um overall i was really encouraged i thought we had some of you know our four best pure attackers on the pitch together with ziek pulisic Havertz, and lukaku the only thing would have been better would be maybe to have mount in behind them a bit in a 4-3-3 center mid makeup but we didn't have him he's out injured um yeah and along with you i didn't really see the 4-1-4-1 either but that's what tuchel kept saying in his presser after the match i i didn't see that hardly at all either so I think that's sort of the weird part. Maybe there's some uh, something about it. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to doubt the guy, but I don't really see the 4141 either. But either way, we play out. We play a lot of our best attackers, and again, about the only guy who looks like he could be bothered to do much yesterday was Kim Ziyech. A lot of other players, really anonymous, um, and we had Romelu Lukaku putting in arguably one of the worst ever performances from a Premier League player. Um, depends upon who you talk to. Uh, Chelsea Twitter is ablaze right now with uh, a lot of important accounts going at Romelu Lukaku, and I'll leave it there. Um, I'm going to move over to you first, Ola. Get your get your thoughts on this match. It was a long slog until the very end, but you know, me and you, being official board members of the Zek Hive, finally got finally got another great moment. So I'll, I'll pitch it off over to you. What? What stands out the most in that match? What was the best positive? What was what was the worst negative? Best positive was negative. That was an interesting one. First of all, I thought the I thought we looked slapped. I when we started including ZH in play, when we started involving him, I noticed in the first 10, 15, 25 minutes, we were trying to play through Harvard's wing. And I think I saw. I think I saw Travis Tyler mention in the Slack channel that, you know, uh, I saw him mention that it was Pulisic and Harvard should have switched, and I agree because I don't understand why. For me, it's, it's, it's similar to ZH being on the left wing. What's he doing there? It's not going to be as effective there. But I, I, I think, I don't think Harvard was effective. I don't think Pulisic was effective. I honestly don't, I'm, I'm getting tired of talking about Harvard because when when you when you mention his name, people talk about the goal he scored in the Champions League final, okay, and then this, the the penalty that was handed to him in the in the Club World Cup final, okay, and he probably will score in the League Cup final to win win us the League Cup, and I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be true, I'll be over the moon, but ultimately I, I think it was we had no coordination. I mean, what what formation is that really? 
we, we had no coordination in, 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 the, in the attack. Uh, we tried to play through the left wing. It didn't really work. And then we started playing through the right wing and it was working and Zet was doing his thing. But somehow the centre-backs preferred to distribute to the left wing. And it's just, you know, I, I, I just feel we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. If Zet is the only creative outlet we have on the pitch and we're not playing through him. I mean, he has been, he has taken enough criticism for not, for not bringing the chance creation that we saw at Ajax. But he can't create chances with, with his speed tool. He, has, he needs the ball to create chances. And if you don't get him the ball, he's just going to be there. I mean, the few times we involved him in play, he, he scored the offside goal, and then he, he scored the goal that was... And it was, it, was, it was a top draw finish as well. I think that goal he scored against Palace, for me, is close to the goal he scored against Spurs. Because the way he brought it out of the air and calmly started it past, past Crystal Palace in, in the Naples was just magnificent. At some point in the match, I didn't think we were going to score because we just didn't look like scoring. Lukaku wasn't at it. The midfielders weren't there. Only, only the centre-backs, yes, centre-backs, there were no full-backs on the pitch. Only the centre-backs actually looked like they were doing something. I mean, we created two clear-cut chances and Malangsa created the first one. You know, I think Marcus Alonso created the second one. That just shows you how Sopa our midfield and forwards were. And I think, personally, I think the fact that we've not played a game of this intensity in 27 days should, should, take in, should be taken into account because we can, you can't compare the, the matches against Al Hilal and Palmeiras to a game against Crystal Palace. A game against Crystal Palace, you are running all through the game, you are being chased all through the game. So, so those are different beasts, in my opinion. I think, having not played any Premier League game for so long, factored in and in this kind of match the the win was more important than the performance i know i've said that several times but sometimes it really doesn't bother me how well we play though i want us to play well against crystal palace because we still have some very important games to go so if we're not playing well against palace then you know but personally i, I think the attack is a very hot topic now in in the in the chelsea fan base because some people think, you know, Adjo, Felix, some people think it's Usman Dembele we need, some people think it's Rafinha. You know, it's, it's just, what, what, what's the newest toy on the market? You see him do one dribble, you see him make one cross, Chelsea get him, it, that's who we need. Uh, I, I don't think, I think so much scrutiny has been placed on the attack. And while Tukula said, you know, this, the system hasn't really been changed for Lukaku, I think Ultimately, we have to we have to get off Lukaku's back at some point. I'm I personally I'm tired of the Lukaku slander. Yes, he did the interview. Yes, we're all irritated, but at some point we have to move past that and actually talk about football. And not every time he's tying his shoelaces, is I've told you this guy doesn't want to be here. Whenever he yawns in a picture, it's you see, see what I'm talking about. He makes an Instagram post and the whole fan base is in disarray. I'm I'm, I'm sick of it really. Yes, he hasn't been what we, we, we wanted our 100 million striker to be. But we did get Werner last season and he went through similar problems, except Werner had a lot of chances to miss. Lukaku is not getting as many chances to miss. And that, for me, means Lukaku still has a lot of work to do. I think Lukaku's movement, more than anything else, can be improved. 
I think he's doing a lot of the other things well. It's just that the movement is tied to his getting on the end of chances and his getting on the end of chances is tied to his scoring. So I think that movement is a very big part of what Lukaku needs to improve. Other than that, I think I'm, ha- I'm happy about the win. Uh, we can't afford to be this way against Lille. Lille is in the Champions League round of 16 for a reason. There are no easy games in the Champions League. Bayern, Bayern saw a glimpse of that against Salzburg. Lewandowski didn't take one shot. So we can't expect that any game we play in from here on out would be would be a walkover. So I'm happy about the win. I'm especially happy it was yes that got the win. He has now scored more league goals this season than he scored last season. And it means that there's obviously more to come. So I'm happy about the win ultimately, but the performance was not good at all in, in any way was there. Not, not in any way was the performance good. So ZH has moved up to the third joint highest goal plus assist player for us right now. Uh, he's tied with Reese James. Uh, almost all of that's been goals. It's a 7-4 split. So, like, ZH isn't necessarily just a creator. Like, he's, he's the goal scorer. And he put the ball in the back of the net twice. Um. So I think it's really important to have him on the field, not just for you know his ability to create, but like his ability to get just get it in because no one else is making those far post runs that he's doing, and he's the one reaping the rewards for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, we've had this conversation about the attack since like Tuchel's arrived. Like we just don't take chances. Like we had a few moments in the box when you're like five yards from the goalkeeper and you lay it off to somebody else. Like, no, just take a shot. Roll the dice. Lukaku was offside when he took his shot, and Ziyech put it in the back of the net the first time. But, you know, just because Lukaku was willing to take a shot, even if it was an offside overall, that eventually gave the ball in the back of the net. Like, that's what we need is players just willing to take the chance. Um, But it's been, like, a consistent thing with Tupu. Like, we play with possession. We don't want to risk losing possession. And, you know, we were carried by Giorgino and penalties last year. We were carried by wingbacks earlier this season or center backs. Like, everyone but our attackers is scoring more than they should be, which is awesome. But when your attackers aren't putting it in the back of the net, that's a problem. Um, I mean, there was just weird decisions yesterday. Like, why is Kai Havertz out on the left wing and Pulisic in the center when, like, in my mind, it makes perfect sense to swap them because Pulisic's not tidy enough on the ball to get away with a lot of stuff in the center that he can get away with on the wing. Kai Havertz is just kind of hiding out on the wing, but he's super tidy on the ball. So put him in the center where he can actually, you know, do something with his abilities. It was just weird decisions like that. Um, and as for Lukaku, like every single game, literally every game, I'm hearing how many touches he had on the ball. But like, how often are we passing to Lukaku? Because it feels like no one. Like, Kovacic came on, and the very first thing he did was a through ball to Lukaku. Again, it was offsides. But, you know, there's just very few players that actually look for Lukaku to bring him into the game. Like, and my thing is, like, Lukaku started 10 games in a row now. You cannot tell me he's not doing exactly what he's been told to do if he's been playing this much. Like, this is exactly what Tugel wants him to do. He wants him pinning the center backs. He wants other players getting free, like Ziyech or Kai Havertz, with more space. And it's working in that sense. But it's really kind of like fading Lukaku out of the game. 
And yeah, maybe he needs to get involved more, but if we don't bring him in at all, like it's really hard for me to put all the blame on Lukaku when only like two players on the entire team ever looked past to him. And maybe that's just like fallout from the interview and players just don't trust him. And like, I know that's kind of like a middle school sort of thing. Like, Oh, I'm not going to pass to you because I don't like you. But I mean, we're just, we're playing around. It's really sophomoric and it's like, you know, probably reminds you of high school where people just passed and like what click that they were in in school. Yeah, like we're, yeah, we're we're building around Lukaku instead of through him, and like on, yeah, he should be involved more than he is, but it can't all be his fault every time. Every game, it can't be just Lukaku's fault. And again, you know, he's not starting ten games in a row if he's not doing what Tuchel wants him to do. Like we can talk all about how much he costs and how the board might influence that decision. But is Tuchel really the guy that's going to be forced into something by the board? Because he's been fired at PSG for doing talking about how the board's forcing him to do things. Like, he left Dortmund because he and the board got into a fight. It doesn't seem realistic to me that the board's going to be like, hey, you have to play Lukaku every game, and Tuchel will just go with that. Unless Lukaku was the player playing as he wanted him to be. So I think all of that's way overblown. Um but, you know, if we can just actually play to Lukaku, if, you know, Ziyech is getting all this space and able to influence the game, like, he's good. Mason Mount's good when he's on. We just have to figure out all these other attackers. Like, maybe we don't need a Dembele in the summer, but if Tuchel can't figure out the right combination of who can work together, then we do need that reshuffle of players, and I'm pretty sure Dembele is going to be part of it. Yeah, I think – you know, you guys make a lot of good points. So first off, you know, Ola, you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head, right? When when Ziyech is given this space on the right flank, which therefore gives him time on the ball, this is who what we can see. I mean, he's in the best form of his Chelsea career right now. He's absolutely, based on what we've seen, not just yesterday, but probably over almost the last month or two, has been our best attacker. And consistently now we're starting to see it looks like the shackles have been taken off. It looks like originally, you know, with Tuchel, there was this really tough betting in period for Ziyech where it just always looked like he was being constrained a lot by having to play that inside forward role. And it just wasn't working, right? And it, it didn't give him the, the the space and the time to use the skills that he has to, to actively affect matches. Now we're seeing that he's being given that free role that we've all been kind of screaming for a little more or less for the last year or so. He's being, he's being given that role, and he's exceeding so well in it. And, and this is the player that I was always so excited about from the day that we signed him. Look, I, I have stuck by Hakeem ZX since day one. It wasn't that long ago, as in two months ago, the majority of the fan base said, I don't know what this player offers. Why do we keep him? He needs to go this summer. He, he's too old. Uh, there, are no, there are no excuses for this. It's not like he still has time to develop or transition into a new league and all this and that. And people just said, look, the bottom line is he's not fast enough. He's not physical enough. He's not strong enough. And he's just too wasteful on the ball. This was two months ago. Now he's our best attacker. Uh, my point where I'm going with this, and it leads into what Travis Tyler was talking about, is things in this Chelsea attack change very, very quickly. Okay, Ziek was the first one. We've had Pulisic go through these spells. We've had Mount go through, you know, bad form earlier in the season. And then he turned it on and started finding a lot of the goals in December. Again, we see this continual trend that 
there, there are players that perform really well there and then they go through bad spells and there are players that go through bad spells and they hit, you know, good form. We've seen that time and time again with Tomas Tuchel and these exact attackers. And I'm going with this, that I think that there's probably no reason to think that Romelu Lukaku is not going to be the next one to do that because I'm with you on this, Travis. If he truly was in a position where he wasn't doing what Tuchel wanted and he, you know, was continually failing and, and this and that, um, he wouldn't continually be started. And I, I don't buy into this board nonsense that this is a board signing and it, the board is why he plays and this and that and so on and so forth. I don't think that's really the case. I really do think there's much more going on, which is that, look, people just are not looking for him. And it was CFC Daily I saw that did a thread based on the, uh, uh, I think it was like, you know, match of the day or something like that uh, analysis from yesterday's Chelsea match where they really broke down how people just like Lukaku was in a position right on the edge of the, of the defense on the last center back um, ready to make that transition and run right into them. The ball is available, but his teammates, instead of playing it, they turn around and pass backwards or they make the safe pass out wide, or they just dribble into a wall and get tackled and lose the ball. It seems like those are the three outcomes and, and I understand for those that are really against Lukaku right now and point to how poor of a performance yesterday was with only seven touches. Kind of my follow-up on that is, well, you have to do things to affect the game to get open, sure, but you cannot physically make other people pass the ball to you. And when you're in these positions doing all of these things at, that you used to do at Inter Milan or at least looking to do those things with these new sets of teammates – which is why you were purchased in the first place, but nobody can respond or do the right thing, which is play the ball, play to the strengths. That's why we paid this much money for this player. Uh, that's where, for me, this becomes a 50-50 thing in terms of who's to blame. I can't blame only Lukaku. I can't blame only everybody else. That's, that's not the way to look at it. It's a There's an interacting effect here. And my, my concern, though, is that, you know, we, we stuck through with some other strikers in the past who did, quite frankly, worse. Um, because at the end of the day, Lukaku is still our leading scorer uh, right now, and he's missed two months of the season. So that's where I have to ask the question, you know, how much longer is this Lukaku debate going to swirl? I mean, is this something that's going to go on until he's scoring a goal every game? You know, or basically I'm asking, do you think people's opinions are so made up on Lukaku now that no matter what he does, it will not affect the people's, you know, the way they perceive him after what happened earlier? Do you think that we're at a point now with Lukaku with where it really is done and dusted that the, the minds are made up and nothing's going to overturn them? Yeah, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either he goes on a scoring run and people forget about what's happened or – he's here for like two years and people just come to the conclusion. He's not going anywhere because realistically he's not like, those are the two options, a scoring run, or they just give up on trying to like, Oh, we need to sell him like this summer. Like it's not going to happen. Like maybe, maybe at the end of next summer, when people realize that how unrealistic that is, they'll get over it. But I think the scoring run is probably more likely. It's just a matter of like when it's going to come. Yeah. I, I, I'd say a few things about the, the Lukaku situation. If it feels, if it feels like Lukaku is not being passed to, then it's because it's not being passed to. I remember there was a time when I was insisting that Chelsea players were 
passing to everyone but Ziet. And I felt like I was, I, was, I was screaming into the void because I sounded crazy. But I was sure that I knew what I was saying. And it seems like that is the same thing happening with Lukaku. Rather than try a true ball that might get intercepted, they just play it out wide. And you don't have enough, you don't have enough, enough uh, chances. You don't create enough chances to not want to play the true ball in. So if you, it's just crazy that Lukaku makes a run. A few times he does make a run. And, and, and the ball doesn't come to him. And then when he's marked, then we want to pass the ball to him. And then we are shocked when he doesn't get the ball. I mean, I've always said it that there's no matter how much a striker does, his teammates still have to create chances for him to score. His teammates have to create the chances for him to score. He can't create chances himself. He can create chances for other people, but that's, that means he'll get assists and big chances created and whatever. But for him to score, someone else has to create for him. That's how, that's how the game works. I think for the Lukaku thing of, of whether, you know, the fans will get over it, I think they will. I mean, look at Ziyech. Ziyech was, people were calling for Hazard to come back. He can't be worse than Ziyech, they said. You know, despite being worse than Ziyech, literally. They said he can't be worse than Ziyech. Many players have gone through patches where it has seemed like they will not come back from. And we have all agreed that anytime Lukaku doesn't score, they will come down on him like that. So when the goal starts, starts coming, you soon start hearing things like, this is why we pay the big bucks and stuff like that. I think for those who are calling for him to be sacked, to, to be sold, it's the FIFA, it's FIFA career mode all over again. You buy this guy, you put him up for sale, someone offers you 98 million, you sell him. Or, I mean, it doesn't work like that for football manager. Football manager, you can't just sell players they are tired of. So I think it has to be FIFA. You ca- we can't tell Lukaku. Like, how, how do we say this to them that they stop calling for him to be sold? We can't tell Lukaku. We, we, we've been with Harvard for two years now. This is his second year anyway. He has used more than 18 months at Chelsea. And he has not been that good. Why haven't we put him on the market for someone to pay to give us the 65 million or 70 million that, you know, we can recoup? It doesn't work that way. We've not even finished paying for Lukaku. That's if we've even started paying for him. So, it, who, number one, you can only sell players. You can only sell players that somebody else is interested in buying. That's why when the, the when the center back don't sell Zuma uh, chant came about, why did you sell Zuma? Why did you sell Zuma? We should have sold X player. We should have sold A player. You can't sell. You can't. You can't force your player down anyone's throat. It's only the player that people are interested in paying money for that you will sell. And if you don't want to sell them, then you keep all, all of them along with players. We put Barkley on the market. No one is buying. We put Bakayoko on the market. No one is buying. We put Drinkwater on the market. When people say, uh, Marina, sell these players. No, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't bash the players all through the season. He's dead wood, he's this, he's trash. And then you expect another player, another club to give you money. They also need good players. And you clearly don't think that player is good. So why should another club think the player is good? But that's not even the Lukaku situation. Lukaku, we bought Lukaku for 100 million. We're paying him close to 300k per week, if not more. How are you going to offload him? Real Madrid? So Real Madrid will go after Haaland and then go after Lukaku. So they play what, 4 4 2. You know, you have to put his wages on someone else. You have to put his transfer fee on someone else. No one is going to pay you even half of that. Especially because the player is not scoring that much now. 
So ultimately, it's just people letting their feelings and their emotions get the better of them. I mean, I've seen some quite respected Twitter accounts, Chelsea Twitter accounts, talking about Lukaku being sold and how they're tired of Lukaku. And I'm, and what I think is, you guys should know better than calling for him to be sold. You should know better than to, you should be able to manage your emotions better. When you, you come out and every game, Lukaku this, Lukaku that, it, it gets tiring. That, that, I mean, maybe that's what you, that you have followed for, I don't know, but I don't think that's what we want to see. So at some point, do something original. Not every time Lukaku is tired of being at this club. I think ultimately the Lukaku doesn't want to be here. Chance reminds me of something uh, George Benson football posted. He said some people said he wasn't serious about his, his, his uploading and all that, and he he didn't like it because you know he was going through a lot of things that many people didn't know about, and they just came to conclusion. I think in a similar way, sometimes we look at players and. We think we know how players are supposed to act when they care. We know how players are supposed to act when they are giving their all for the club. But ultimately, you don't know what is going on through players' minds. So sometimes just play off their case. Let them play. Let them play. They are footballers. They know they are not performing to the level we expect of them. Just let them play, man. Sometimes it gets tiring, really. That's why people are muting the platform from, from their Twitter timeline. It gets tiring. Yeah, I think... You know, I, I I think with the Lukaku story, you you guys are pretty much getting it. You know where it needs to be. Without him either leaving the team or scoring a lot of goals, it, the the damage has been done. And and I think that it's progressively becoming the way that that's the case, the way it is with Lukaku, because there's actively this myopic view to only look at goals and assists for Lukaku. But then even when you I, I think that's the, the problem. And then when it, whenever he does score, you know, it, it's even almost like a revisionism right now. If he does score, oh, well, he, he couldn't have missed that chance. Anyone could have done that. And and then that's where it's just like, okay, so if he he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't right now um, with, with this fan base. And, I, and I, I partly have to say that my personal opinion on this is that, look, there's a lot of uh, big accounts right now that are, you know, banging the drum for Lukaku to leave. There's about one account that I have seen offer a lot of context with this. I'll name drop him specifically. It's, you know, it's Jan. You guys probably know who Jan is um, or Yannick. He, he's kind of one of the guys I've seen be like, yeah, Lukaku's not doing good, but there are other reasons than just Lukaku. And, and I saw, you know, CFC Daily had a thread to, or it was out maybe yesterday or this morning that, Basically, none of his teammates look to pass for him. Look like, and I think that's what we need to start getting to. We can't just keep posting these myopic stats. Uh, and the reason is, is, look, you can you can do that, and you know, obviously, everybody other than Ziek yesterday on the attacking side was pretty much poor. But nobody else, you know, Pulisic got some stick for it. Lukaku got almost all of it, but Havertz didn't get any. You know, Havertz uh, again absolved of all blame, and I think it's. I, you know, I had the article this week that was talking about how we, we have to find a role for this guy to play alongside Lukaku. But again, we, we progressively keep trying these things and I, I don't, you know, Havertz has the chance, you know, he, he can pass and complete a lot of passes, but then he doesn't attempt that many passes. So there are just so many issues in attack. I, you know, and I, I do feel that it's starting to become a broken record uh, with, with not only this, you know, us talking about this attacking issue, but it's like the fanhood itself on on Chelsea Twitter or whatever podcast. It's continually 
you know, Lukaku not doing enough. How do we get the attack? It's the same questions again and again. Um, so with that, I want to pivot, you know, and say that, look, despite all these attacking problems, we're still actually getting results pretty well. And our defensive structure, whether we're playing a back four or a back three right now, has been doing really well. So I think that's what I take away from this is partly, despite all these attacking issues, we're still getting results at a, at a level that are going to firmly keep us at third place. So I don't know how much, how I can be considerably worried about this trend because I don't think it's going to get fixed this season. I think it'll get fixed probably in the summer when there's much more time to work on these specific things and consider a full summer to work with a back four. But until then, I think this is what we're going to continue to see. And I don't know why people are surprised because we saw a lot of the same stuff, these, you know, very sterile, passive attacking buildups and possession-based movements to retain the ball, to limit the uh, the number of transitions that the opponent can have against us, which we have seen time and time again that our individual players that we have in this collective squad are not good at defending transition, you know, scenarios on the break. So when we play this way, it limits the number of times that we're going to be hit on the break and transitions which minimizes the weaknesses of the players that we do have in particularly center back and center mid. But this is the byproduct of that. And we've seen this time and time again, since Tuchel took over in the first match against wolves. So I don't know why this is such a a huge shock for everyone. We've seen this all, all, you know, again and again, I just think it's the price tag and the interview, which are making the outrage for what's going on on the attacking side way, way bigger than they actually are. Because at the end of the day, Lukaku isn't moving. He's not doing enough himself. But the fact of the matter is he still has 10 goals across all competitions. And other than Ziyech, he's about been the only guy putting in the back of the net for us over the last, what, five, six, seven games. Uh, well, maybe more like going back to the Plymouth game. I, anyway, I'm going to end my rant there. Uh, and before we end here today, I just want to ask you guys, you know, I I, I think that there's really not a whole lot that's on the line right now for us. I guess my question is, should we use remaining, you know, this next stretch of matches that we're going to go on gets considerably lighter. If I'm not mistaken, should we really just be trying to experiment as much as possible with the attack right now? Um, given that we're not particularly in threat of dropping out of the top four race, should we start to experiment more or do we just hope that, you know, continuing the same way we have builds enough chemistry that makes this uh, eventually all work. I, I'd kind of argue that we already have started to experiment with like four of the back and everything else. Um, I mean, yeah, the premier league's gone and we're, we'd have to like truly be disastrous to fall out of top four. And then after that second through fourth is academic, like who cares where we finish second to fourth? No one's going to remember in a few years. Um so it kind of feels like in the Premier League, at least, or like some of these lower level cup games, we've been experimenting, trying to find new ideas to work around. But then as soon as it's like a game that really matters, we're in three at the back again. And I kind of expect we're going to be three at the back for the next two games in the Champions League and in the League Cup final. Um, and once we get back to Premier League again, right back to playing around with it. So We'll, we'll keep rolling the dice, see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, we have almost a unique opportunity with how much time is left in the season and with how comfortable we are relatively to be able to, you know, try things out, see what works. And 
maybe that changes the plans for the summer. Maybe it doesn't, but we'll see this way. Yeah, I think uh, the should we start experimenting? I agree with Travis. We have started experimenting. I think we now know that DS is an important part of the attack. I think we now need to, we now need to find what completes that step. Because for me, what you build your attack around is a player that creates chances. That it's as simple as that in my head. Then again, that's why I'm here and people is the one managing the team. But ultimately, I think I don't think Havas needs to start. I don't know why why many people feel the need to try to shoehorn him into the role beside or behind or whatever side of Lukaku. I suspect it's because of his price tag. But generally, I, I think yes, we do need to find different combinations. Because who knows, our highest scoring combination consistently may not even have ZH in it. So we do have to experiment. But as of right now, it's clear that, you know, ZH is, he has played himself into form. If Tuku drops him, Tuku will know he's crazy. So we have to keep playing ZH. Uh, and I think our attack, I've said it several times, I think our attack looks more coordinated with ZH in it. I think when ZH is on the pitch, on the pitch we have to get him on the ball as much as we can. Yes, it makes us predictable, but whenever Zed does his thing swinging across the back, everyone knows he's going to do it. And he still does it anyway and creates chances. So let's just do that. Let's do that. Uh, against Crystal Palace, there was a, a lot a lot of time Zed was open on the far side and no one found him in space. And it was really frustrating for me because we say Zed is not going to get that much space in, in the Premier League, but when there is the space, we don't even give him a chance to use it. So I think, yes, Tuku does have to find several combinations because uh, each, each of the attackers we have contributes his own unique thing to the attack, and he has to really have a full sense of what he has at his disposal to know who to play, who to keep, and if there's any, if there's need to tell anyone really come the summer. But also, I wouldn't want to be too cool right now. He has several players that he needs to figure out what to do with that cost a lot of money. And he can't just decide to drop this guy or play that guy. I mean, look at Werner. Werner was the guy that was supposed to solve our scoring problems. Now he can barely get a look in. And that's just the nature of how the game goes. But merit ultimately is rewarded. And it, it's now a case of who, who is impacting the game. A case of who is impacting the game, let him continue to start. It, it, it's a whole load of stuff. Really. Well, I, I agree that yes, we should experiment in games we can afford to experiment. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we have to continue experimenting in the Premier League, especially if we want to really work at this summer, getting us some type of tactical setup that more resembles a back four. I think that we're lucky in the sense that we we're starting to see that Malang Sar has some potential for that role. My only concern of Malang Sar is he sometimes is a bit erratic and has moments where he just. We saw it against you know yesterday with IU. He was giving away needless fouls again and again. Maybe my only caveat there with him, if he's going to be that backup left back option next season for Ben Chilwell, you know, I think that we, and the reason we have to continue experimenting is because look, I don't know how we're going to get this right without doing that. Right. Because if, if we continue to, to work with the same tactics and it's in the same setup, well, we've done that for over 12 months now with Thomas Tuchel. And I, I have to say, it's pretty obvious that whenever he's I mean, like where he's coaching this team, we are going to have this type of pattern of play where we simply are slow, passive, and not trying to be beat on the break. And it's happened time and time again. It's just the way we are right now. 
And I think that this is the byproduct. So I think that we're going to use or should use the rest of the Premier League season to do a bunch of a series of small incremental tweaks and changes to the tactics and how we actually try to attack and maybe even use or not use Romelu Lukaku. And I think the reason we do it small incrementally is because A, that's easier for the players to slowly adapt to, but B, that's going to make when we actually go to the summer, if we've made all these small incremental changes and we, you know, the players already have a pretty familiar template with what they're supposed to be doing if we make that change. So that's where I'm at for this. And I think it's what we should expect to see the rest of the way in the premier league. Um, I think that we're going to be firmly still finishing third place. We're not going to drop any further, but we'll see. It's not, we're getting results. The performances don't match the results, but anyway, at the end of the day, then the name of the game is to score one more goal than your opponent. We're still doing that enough to make it, you know, not a broken system. So good episode today, guys. I know it's a lot of the same questions as always, but until next time, keep the blue flag flying high and hopefully we get a four, no win soon.